Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of Boundless with me, your usual boring, monotonous host. No, that's not me. You've played this episode because you don't believe that. And that's not true. At least I'm never going to admit to it, even if it is in some odd parallel universe, which it's not. To say I'm boring would just be untrue. It's like, um... It's like saying one plus one is five, which is not so. Yeah. Um, if you hear me, ASMR ing, um, it's just me having a strepsilis because, really, the environment we live in recently, it's not even as recent as I would like to say it is anymore. Um, has made us human beings rather precarious to any sort of you know abnormality in our lives and we've become way more vigilant than we ever were before which will imply that even the slightest discomfort we want to identify it as some sort of symptom in our mind first and register that mentally uh, rather than physically first so i felt like my throat was acting up and here i am gulping down as strepsils but really it's just uh, a lack of water intake but that's all of us right now we're super alert, trying to find out that, okay, does this qualify as a COVID-19 symptom? Or is it just me in my head? That happens to everybody, though, but mostly we try to be a little more careful. And obviously, uh, I suppose with most health issues, whether it's COVID or it's um, any virus of any sort or any disease, such as cancer as well, We've seen over time that the earlier we can diagnose it, the sooner we can reach prevention. So, specifically science buffs like me, people that are obsessed with science. And recently with this crisis coming up, I've noticed that there are two types of people. It doesn't even, there's not even a third type that I can actually go in and identify and say, right, there's this, you know, in the middle type as it as they are for almost every sort of occurrence you know you can be a moderate you can be a liberal or you can be a democrat and you can be a rightist or a leftist and be right in between and be a neo something but with covid coming up you see there are two types of people ones that will read studies um they will have empirical evidence backing up their theories and they will look at the numbers and the statistics and the data and try to analyze what's going on and recently um i don't mean to scare anybody but a bunch of health experts have, uh, they were writing an open letter to WHO about how the virus is primarily airborne, which WHO is still not willing to uh, qualify as the standard for the virus's transmission, but well, you never know. Because just like all of you, I'm, I'm sitting at home right now and recording my podcast, I'm not out there performing experiments, I can't really say what it is until I see it, right? So there are people like that that are pro-science, that will re- research, investigate, read up. And then there's the other kind that will uh, tell me to stop talking about it because I can't do anything about it. And, you know, uh, prevention cannot lead to a cure. And so, well, who knows how true the scientists are? And, well, am I supposed to, you know, gulp down another cup of some sort of herbal tea that'll cure me of this ailment if I have it or if I don't have it? Um, and more pseudo-logic like that, and I'm going to call it what it is because I feel that clearly, you know, science does give us some logic to hold on to. It's an anchor of sorts, and people don't really see it like that. They believe in what some WhatsApp 
group will forward you some kind of herbal tea or something or just that you know reading a certain um holy scripture which i do not say don't do that i am i'm all for it personally i am a woman of faith and i would definitely say do that pray and recite uh as much as you want but then at the same time i will give heed to whatever i am reading up and the data that's coming with me for example the covid-19 strain in pakistan has been speculated uh for mutation in various forms and we've 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 seen all over the world that the strain is mutating at times it's becoming more adaptable to linger on in the body so it stays longer and the longer it stays um its goal is satisfied right because then it can infect more people that's the idea of a virus anyway with a lot of viruses we see they don't last that long and so they can't infect people like ebola for example we saw it didn't work out that way and the people that were infected were so sick they couldn't move and so they didn't really infect a lot of people either but there is hope um we do expect you know vaccines are on uh their testing phases right now so it's the fastest a vaccine has ever been in the mode for development let's just pray and hope that this you know disaster goes down anyway but it still has um exposed us to a whole plethora of emotions and people and their reactions and i don't specifically mean just mental health i mean the aftermath of mental health so recently um a case happened such that my own mother um felt a little sick and just sharing this hair makes me feel so vulnerable but you know for the love of science i will share it because it's facts and right now we need all the information we can on the situation and she reported a high fever and there were a few body aches because of the fever and then there was diarrhea and we were sure that okay well you know she's caught the virus and that's about it right that's where it lasts and um naturally we quarantined her and isolated her in her room and you know made sure nobody's going inside and separate utensils separate clothes everything was separated and that's that but um i think this is my first brush with the virus uh i felt absolutely petrified um because of two things the virus basically exposes us to our biggest weakness which is death with the human life being so risky and we forget that any second can be our last we've been living our lives like that i don't know who the people were that survived the spanish flu um i haven't been in contact with them most of them have died for me to even go and talk to them right i, I have no idea how they managed this time we've read what people did but we haven't spoken to people from that time not on this basis where we can where we can you know make some sort of identification with them but um here we were you know scared to death because death is what you think that's the problem with it is like hiv or corona because and specifically hiv has still progress so far that we've luckily been able to establish that death um not does not necessarily have to be in hiv cases because of the medication and the immense research amfar has been giving us uh however with covid you you know you're right at the spot that you don't you don't know it can be fatal and it can also uh be recovered from right however the first thing in your head is naturally death and um that just exposes you 
it makes you so vulnerable it makes you sort of naked while even wearing clothes because you're naked as a human being your emotions are so blatant out there they're naked right you're not dressed anymore you're not camouflaged by the masks of protection you wear right here you're naked because death can approach you that's your vulnerability at this point and that reminds you of what it's like to be human primarily being human means being mortal you're no more in your dilemma of immortality which you sort of live in a delusion and all of us did prior to corona coming in the world like this we all believed you know we would last forever and our reigns would continue and you know we can go around doing whatever the hell we want whether it's polluting the environment or it's just plain old being mean to each other and something we do a lot as human beings that really was what made us human essentially and it wasn't surprising because um i don't know if i've mentioned before in my podcast i think i probably have um there was this philosopher that i read who was called uh, thomas hobbes and he wrote this book called the leviathan and specifically in that book he talks about man being super selfish and brutal and always looking for his self-interest in a state of nature which essentially means when there were no machines in the world when there was no industrialization and people lived in bands or tribes or maybe even without any form of government at all so the idea that man could be so selfish and brutal was interesting because inherently we all try to find what's best for us you know even if you meet these selfless souls that will be like oh we're people pleasing we're givers well that gives them satisfaction being that empathetic is like a high for them and deriving that high they will justify it by saying you know we're nice people uh, but actually they're also fulfilling their selfish motive which is to please themselves by pleasing others right so we all work like that whether we're good or bad or we're really selfish or really mean or really arrogant or whatever our inherent um qualities are as people let's just call them qualities we're just going to be neutral about them we're not going to give them good or bad labels just saying calling them like they are right um however with this virus right in our faces this is the first time that i felt okay death was in my house and it's literally looming around my head the first 24 hours were the worst you know our doctors told us not to get tested this early um because if you get tested so early you'll get a false negative most likely and so we had to wait at least 2 to 3 days to get tested but um the most significant part of this journey is this confrontation that it can take a minute and you can end up in a dilemma with death right around you death in itself is so scary that when somebody dies at a funeral you know we're alarmed we're awakened by uh, oh my god how could this person die with the fear of death itself basically that's what alarms us at that point even though we're forced to confront it because you've got a dead body laying right around you and at a funeral however with this medway it's even more scary because you can't absorb the shock of death and yet you have to face the fear every second and treat uh, your family member or a patient if you're working at a hospital in that manner knowing that it's so risky uh, when that settles in the next fear is your mother um i think the one person any human does not want to lose is their mother in any case uh even if you have a really shitty relationship with her or a good one it doesn't matter irrespective 
because nobody would want to lose their mother. And me, with my mother, of course, we've had our disagreements and we've had plenty of times where we've, you know, gotten into fights, as do most mother and daughters do, um, especially when they start being honest. Because when you're honest in a relationship, that's when the reality comes up. And that could be hard for, you know, with the generation gap, which we have with our parents. It's literally millennials versus uh, the boomers. However, my mother has evolved over time and so have I. So our relationship has, you know, thank God it's been going really good. And when you finally at that stable peace with your mom, you know, you can relate and be honest and open to her about everything. Um, honestly, I think if you have a great relationship with your mother, you will not even need a, a second person in your life. It's based on this trust that maternal love is probably the f- strongest form of love. And love itself is the most powerful emotion in a human being's life. Um, you know, the source of everything will be love. People go to wars and it's um, either for Helen of Troy or it's for the love of their ambition. It's, it's love for attaining more land, more military, more people. And that's love too. So it's just different forms of love. And self-love can be a very high form of love as well, right? When you're seeking to love yourself and your ambitions and then they can drive you to do something. So love itself is super powerful. You know, people will chicken out and say, oh, I don't know what love is. I don't want to know what love is. No, you do know what love is. You saying that you don't want to know what love is is some sort of self-love, which is twisted, not right, but you're protecting yourself basically because you're so scared of getting hurt. So you love something about yourself or you know what your strengths and weaknesses are. So you're trying to avoid the whole thing as it is. But deep psychology later. And let's just stick to um, basic surface level psychology. So again, it, it was such a s- scary moment for me. I think I've never been so scared in my life before, ever. Uh, you know, with everything, you feel like this cannot get worse. But really, I think the worst is when your mother gets sick, you're just panicked. It's like losing the one person in your life whose love you know is pure, unadulterated, and absolutely um, selfless. That's the scariest part about it. Um, however, lucky for me that the next day her fever came off and there was no diarrhea, there were no body aches. And we were like, what the hell? How is even this supposed to be COVID, right? Because everything's just subsided right now. It didn't make any sense at that point. Uh, however, the doctors told us, you know, continuously to keep her quarantine and keep checking if the fever comes back, but it never really did. So we did get negative tests repeatedly after that anyway. She did not have a single positive test and it was apparently a gastric infection because I do remember her ordering out. Um, yeah, so long story short, I think we just had a brush with something really scary mentally, but nothing really happened and... That brings me to my actual point that, you know, the virus has been here for a while now. We all know, right? We can, we're almost uh, going to get a little acclimatized to it. We're going to get conditioned to it, which is one of my biggest fears. Um, because if people do, right, then the more people get sick and you'll you'll have more deaths. But because we've already seen so many deaths happening... We have already heard of our friends and family members, you know, turning uh, positive in tests, that there might be an aftermath where we just stop caring altogether. And that's exactly what we're seeing in the USA. Um, people came out in large numbers on Memorial Day. The videos on the beaches and their clubs are opening up. In fact, they are open. They're not opening up. They're really functional right now. 
and in Hong Kong people are out there having food. So it's, is it because they don't care anymore? Las Vegas is interesting because the casinos are functional again. So what's going on? Do they want to put it out there that we just care about our economy and it's fine if you're going, if you're going to die, you're going to die anyway. We can't stop you dying, right? Is that the message that they want to tell us? Um, probably, maybe, maybe not. I wouldn't know too much, right? I, I want to know, but I can't find out for sure right now. These are just my ambiguities and, you know, hypotheses about the situation. I can't be sure right now. However, the point being is that if we get conditioned to that, are we going to resume life living in this fear that any moment can be the last one? Uh, because sometimes it takes from zero to one seconds to just get the virus in your system and you can, when it has to be fatal, it just has to be fatal. It's not like people don't try to get treatment or get try to, uh, to not take care. Of course they take care. But when it has to be fatal, it is fatal. So understanding this, if we get conditioned to this, people are certainly still working from home, pursuing their career goals and uh, still being hard on themselves for all the things they wanted to achieve in their life. Um, the tough 20s are still going on for a lot of us. However, I think because of what I've been through recently, I can validate that the biggest success at this point for anybody anywhere in the world would be to survive this crisis, which means to survive a tough economy. It means to put food on the table every day. It means to live in a sheltered place. It means to be comfortable in among, amidst climate change right now and a bad economy and depleting energy resources while avoiding the COVID crisis, avoiding getting corona infected or recovering from it and having your life back. These are things that should be goals right now. It's no more about hustling or earning money or, you know, whatever else your goals can be or are. It's just about maintaining the integrity of who you are, which is a human being, and knowing that you've got to last as long as you can in terms of mortality. You can't just expose yourself to it. Surviving this is going to be a success for whoever makes it out. And uh, this is July. The month of July has started on us. It's been more than a week now, or probably less there. However, we're in our first week, I suppose. And... I remember starting this podcast a few months ago and I, I don't know what I'm going to say in the next six months, seven months, eight months. It's going to be interesting to go back and hear this at that time. But what's more alarming is that people need to simply just um, continuously understand that it's come down to a state of nature at this point. This state of nature that philosophers have pondered over for uh, since a very long time. And all of them have have some sort of develop some sort of idea about it, whether it's uh, Jean-Jacques Rousseau or Jean Locke or Thomas Hobbes. They've all given some sort of interpretation of what they thought man was like initially, when the only thing was staying alive. This reminds me of this brilliant track by the Bee Gees called "Staying Alive." It's literally playing in my head right now while I talk. But it's always been integral to stay alive. And I suppose right now, there's just two things that we can do. One, certainly maintaining every sort of safety protocol to stay alive. You know, I believe everybody should invest in a PPE suit, really, because whoever's going out working, they need to get one or, or more than one. It's not really about 
uh, whether you're working in a hospital ward. It's just that how can you protect your life and wait this out so you can make your life better when this is over and continue to pursue your goals then? Obviously, you can still inherently pursue them right now as well without pushing yourself too hard or going the extra mile. Because right now, the extra mile is getting your life in your hands or trying not to die, basically, if I put it out so blatantly. And in that attempt to not die, what's even more essential is reaching out to each other. Because now, this time, the state of nature we're in, we do have the luxury of having cell phones and Wi-Fi services, so we can check up on each other more than often. And this sounds so cliche that, right, check up on each other, stay in contact, but nobody really wants to, uh, you know, be up to it when it comes down to it. Um, somehow we're still lost in our digital and mental worlds that we don't want to escape it and we're waiting out on someone rather than reaching out ourselves. So I think it's really essential to, you know, make amends to people like we haven't made amends to and continue to keep in check with uh, people even if we don't feel like talking you know i really make sure that i still maintain talking to my friends at this time even if um well they haven't applied sometimes it's fine i'm gonna mess them again and be like you know are you okay what's going on uh because it's essential for us to function with social contact and you know it's it's so much nicer to um take this time out and have these nice open boundless conversations with your family members too it's always nicer to know each other it's nicer to sort of invest yourself emotionally in your nest before you branch out outside it's so important to reevaluate your relationships with your family members and by the way you know having boundaries is amazing i mean i'm all for it but sometimes conversations need to be very boundless so that you can sort of put your honesty out there and putting out honesty out there is the only way to be self-satisfied otherwise living in delusions or lies or some sort of hypocrisy is not self-serving to anybody anymore i mean guys for crying out loud it's 2020 and we're all here at the brink of death you might as well be honest take your short you know short a shot at it and yeah I, i i said short because i'm speaking so fast and i guess you guys shouldn't have to kill me for that it's totally okay I'm owning up to my mistake before somebody randomly messages me saying, hey, you said short, not shot, but you heard it right from me first, not yourself. But that being said, um, this podcast is not going to be that long because I have to catch my stability sleep. It's so funny that a lot of things are associated with beauty for no reason, like you've got beauty sleep. I do admit that, you know, sleeping early does uh, not cause dark circles but i think sleeping early is so essential for your systems all of them and that in turn makes you look nicer when you wake up it's about your mental stability it's about you know being zen with your mind your body and your soul giving your entire organelle the peace it requires right so i will hit the sack now as much as you probably want to hear this podcast longer which i hope all of you do but this will be it for now however the only thing i want to put out right now is that wherever you are and whatever you're doing whether you're one of my amazing followers from ireland france indonesia 
South Africa, you know, places I never really thought I, I was going to be heard in, specifically South Africa, and I'm so, so happy to be heard here in all these places. You know, you will have your goals, whether you're uh, 27, 21, because that's the age bracket I get on my analytics. That's why I'm saying that. <laughs> uh, but really, whatever age you are, I'm, I'm sure you've got goals. And some of those goals can be career-based or they can be, you know, based on your private lives. Whatever they are, what's really important right now is to just nurture what you have. And the first thing that you have is life. The second a child leaves the womb, they're blessed with life. And science will agree with me, as will all faiths. And that is why we celebrate the birth of a child. Because this cluster of cells and DNA and chromosomes and um, really, to start with just a fertile egg, basically is because it's gotten the ability to live. That's why that morsel of flesh matters. So... And we forget this when when that child, uh, when that baby or really newborn turns um, even five. We've we've got preset goals for it. That all right, this child's five, so he or she should know math and English and like Latin and Spanish and a few more languages. And that's brilliant. But we've already started undervaluing the reason why we celebrated the child in the first place, which was life. That is what gave that fetus it's humanity the ability to live and i don't want to go into a sort of a debate here about abortion rights or something i'm just simply talking about the children that are born right it's it's this idea of life that is so attractive and this idea of life is what so much research goes into. We make CRISPR babies in China, which are designer DNA babies, which is really crazy and a little creepy though, but also very interesting because wow, I mean, imagine if you can pick every kind of DNA for the future, that's so cool. Like what would you have? Um, I don't know, black eyes, curly hair, whatever you want. And you can also avoid potential uh, harmful chromosomes that would genetically be transferred to you uh, if you don't you don't go through this process such as the brc1 gene which is for cancer so you can remove these and edit them but again there's research being done into it it's not perfected as yet but then you've got test tube babies and so many more um medical procedures for fertility because this idea of life is something we cling on to in our dna it's inherently in us to be attracted to life right it's our first preference before we think about other damaging ideas of any sort, um, due to different reasons, right? Mental health or whatever we, you want to identify it as later. But we forget this idea as soon as we age. And um, materialistic goals, and I, by materialistic goals, I don't just mean money. I mean any sort of goals, because even... Uh, being or wanting to be with another human being is a tangible sort of a thing. So even that's material, right? Any form of item that you want in your life, from a house to a car to a marriage to a career, whatever, it has to be material in some form, right? And that idea is where we start valuing other things above the human life itself. So 
I think my message today would just be to think for a second you're alive. And you're hearing this podcast because you're alive. And thank whoever you have to, your God, your spirits, um, your church of Scientology, or your science books, or whatever, whoever you believe in, right? Maybe you want to thank that power right now for just making you alive. I think it's so essential if we need to go... If you can't feel anything good about your life today, it's just go back to the time you were born. Mentally transport yourself back to that child and maybe try and remember the first time you saw the world. Obviously, you can't remember it. Like, who can? I'm just trying to imagine I saw some doctor and I have no idea who, but I'm imagining it and that's good enough for your subconscious, by the way, because your subconscious cannot tell the difference between what's real and what's not, right? So if you go back in time and try to edit a memory and you do it so many times in your head that this did not happen like that, basically trying to build a little bit of a delusion in your head, your subconscious eventually will be forced to believe it because it doesn't really know whether this happened or it did not happen. So um, just taking yourself back to that time of when maybe you saw the world the very first time and you know you, you took your first breath outside in the world, that was your first big celebration. And albeit, that may not have been one now, but I still think that a lot of us are taking this for granted. We're still aiming to, you know, build a company bigger than Amazon or become the president of a whole bunch of countries, if that's possible, in some alternate universe again, I'd say. Um, so yeah, we've got these crazy fantasies of success, fame, attachment, all of them, they kind of just, you know, overlap each other. And that's pretty much where every human being goes to. It doesn't take longer than that. Uh, however, I think we need to be altruistic to ourselves right now by just understanding that this life we have is so precious at this very point in time. Because, I mean, if this research gets proven right that it's airborne, it just once again tells you the risk you're at. Or people who have been staying at home and have been following all sort of SOP measures and protective measures from their governments and their respective um, healthcare programs, and they still end up infected, right? So it just, right now, the only thing any of us need to celebrate is reaching out to each other and the fact that we can breathe without a ventilator for crying out loud. Hopefully, I hope everybody can who's listening to this podcast and more. And we need to just understand and celebrate this. You know, two years, the Spanish flu lasted for two years approximately. So I'm, I'm sure that back then, for, for those people, as simple as, as life was, even in that, in that time, I'm pretty sure that they went on and realized that it's a big deal, that they did not die and that's the only success there was in that new industrialized world straight of nature. And for us, in 2020, with a highly globalized, connected, super industrialized world where everything's focused on being digital, where we're eons ahead of that time, we're almost in the space age. This is exactly what it was supposed to be like. And this time, we're transported back to the state of nature. And so we must celebrate what we did in that time to stay sane, which was being alive. 
I'm gonna stop talking now and let you all bask in your glory of being alive in this very moment and not taking it for granted. And maybe then you can come down to thinking about all the great things you can do with this life. But it starts with just being thankful for the abilities that we have, which is breathing to start with. And with that, it's going to be a night. And I hope to see you all soon in our next episode of Boundless.